Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 23 of Can't Stop Talking About Wrestling. Hello, everyone. Once again, welcome to episode 23 of Can't Stop Talking About Wrestling. I'm Hector, and I'm here with my tag team partners, Mark and Raymond. Hello. Um, sad day today, guys. Um, as many have known by the time they hear this podcast, um, the passing of um, Bray Wyatt. This is a, a, a big one. Um, I, um, this, is gonna, this is gonna be a weird episode, I guess. Um, to many, um, like, uh, just for example, Raymond, um, main wrestling guy is uh, Undertaker. Um, some people have Hulk Hogan, some people have the Ultimate Warrior. I have Bray Wyatt. So, it's a little, uh, touchy feely for me. But yeah, um, d- different type of episode today. And we'll just go with whatever happens. Guys, you can jump in, say whatever you want to talk about. Um, it's all good. Yeah, I'll I'll jump in first. Um, you know, obviously we're gonna focus mainly on Bray because, like, as you can tell, everyone, this is not the usual us being so ecstatic and you know going nuts and me cursing out Orange Cassidy and all this stuff. Like, this is it's a sad and somber day. Um, let me yesterday. Well, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, Terry Funk just passed away on Wednesday. Yes. And today, Thursday, was when we're recording this. Uh, Bray Wyatt passed away. Um, you know, it's like even right now, I'm fighting back tears because Bray was like, he was amazing to the WWE Universe. Um, us, myself, and Hector, I'm not sure if Raymond met him, but my, me and Hector met Bray many occasions. Um, especially, we actually met him back in December recently. I, I saw him again in January. Such a nice guy. Always took care of everybody. Um, genuinely happy that we still cared. You know, Hector, I mean, you remember back in December yes. when you got him to sign yes. your, your mask, um, your, um, your, oh my God, I'm, I'm losing it here. Um, the, yeah, the mask. The Uncle, Howdy, the the Uncle Howdy mask. Yeah. And yeah, I, the mask. I had a nice and, conversation about it. It was his first mask he's ever signed. I don't know if he signed any after. I'm sure he. I'm sure he has, but that was the first one. Not bragging. And it was just a moment. Well, he was just happy that you know we still cared that there was still people there that people still cared about him that want him to succeed. Um, you know, Bray was man, it, like a, a creative genius in his own way, creating multiple characters, not just one. It, it you know in in pro wrestling being able to have one gimmick or character be able to connect with the audience is a win because you're going to be forever remembered by the masses um get whether it's through conventions doing signings or through um you know documentaries or anything you know passing through the ages bray wyatt created essentially three different versions of himself each one more impressive than the last that we're always going to remember whether it was you know the original one through NXT that came to the main roster, The Fiends, and then his most recent run, unfortunately, it was cut way too short. Um, but one thing I'll add before I let Raymond and Hector go, so we're going to talk a lot more throughout this episode, um, being, you know, obviously a, a tribute episode. I, I you know, um, Bray's lasting um, legacy, you know, I'll just throw this in real quick, that Obviously, Bray did so much for the industry and in creating these characters and the Firefly Funhouse and so many different. I got some people to watch wrestling again because so many people were into the Attitude Era and the um, the early '90s, late '80s, and Bray brought a lot of people back because of his creativity. But the one thing that people may not know that Bray Wyatt is probably the reason why LA Knight's on his rise right now. Bray Wyatt and LA Knight was that of Bray's first big feud from coming back. Um, and you know, he gave LA Knight the platform to basically get to where he is now to be able to talk and everybody realizing how good he actually was, you know, if that, that's going to be Bray Wyatt's final, you know, legacy for pro wrestling that, you know, he might've just helped propel another superstar selflessly because we don't know what could have happened behind the scenes on how who decided to work with who or whatever, but knowing Bray, how creative he was, it wouldn't surprise that he was one who suggested it. You know, it's 
it, it's a sad day, guys. Take it from here before I start uh, <laughs> rambling. Raymond? Yeah, so I definitely agree that Bray Wyatt is, was the uh, one of the geniuses of today's era. Uh, I compare him to almost like a Jake Roberts. Um, I was able to kind of talk to you, but like through the camera, you know? And I always found that amazing about him. I got to meet him many years ago, actually back in FCW as Husky Harris. I remember I went to the show and I was waiting for some of the wrestlers to come out. And I know Bray Wyatt was training. He comes out and I see him. He's like he's throwing up because I guess he got um, blown and you know blown up and throwing up whatever. And then I met him again recently at WrestleMania Dallas. Um, and he wasn't with part of WWE at that time frame. And uh, when he did come, he was very kind, very patient, very friendly. Um, so I won't be as lengthy as Mark here, but he was definitely someone that I enjoyed meeting. I wish I had, had had the same opportunities like you two to meet him many more times. Um, but yeah, he's definitely going to be missed. And I was honestly waiting for his comeback to see what kind of new characters or new story he can develop for us. Yeah, just like well, I'm gonna just jump into what both of you guys said. You you compared them to like Jake the Snake, and um, and, and Mark was talking about his um creative skills. Are they? Yeah, you still see it. The um now if you watch wrestling, um Roman and Seth when they're trying to get their point through to somebody, they're screaming. They talk louder. They want to get their point through. People like Bray Wyatt, Jake the Snake, they understood. If you just whispered to the camera or anywhere, people would stop what they're doing to listen. And that's like a special technique that not everyone does. And and I think that's more, if you could use the word attractive, to pay attention than just having someone screaming. This so it's Screaming is so 80s. I'm going to beat you. I'll see you Saturday night. And Bray Wyatt or Jake the Snake would just be like, tell you exactly what they're going to do to you in a nice, calm voice, which is probably even more scarier than just someone screaming. Um... Yeah, um, I was just telling on YouTube, and I'll tell everybody now. Uh, I got, I got, I got this notice by um, Mark texting me. I was half asleep, got this text, and I cursed out Mark like, which he doesn't know until now, like if it was his fault. And this is the second time someone so inspiring has passed away, and I find out by a, a, a text. Uh, first one was Chester, and now it's Bray, and um. It hits home when when you look up to somebody for for any reason you do, and they pass away just like that, especially in their prime, and they both did that way. Um, I'm I'm not sure we just should keep talking about like death or should we just talk about their greatest moments because we could definitely talk a lot about those. Like my favorite, it's not my favorite one, but one that stands out right now would be um, when Undertaker and Bray were at the ring together. And we still really don't know exactly what word for word Undertaker whispered in Bray's um, ear. But that's for me, was always a big moment. Was, we wanna, I don't think it's um, passing the torch, but it's something that stands out for me. Um, I made this big post. On social media, like basically, um, maybe um, said too much in that post. So maybe that's why I'm a little quiet now, or lost for words, and I don't want to repeat the post. But um, it's 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 definitely a sad day in in the wrestling world. It should be a sad day all over. Some people look at wrestling with the third eye, and and it's whatever they want to call it. I'm glad that I have. It's uh, get a little emotional. I'm glad I have you two guys to talk about this with, and we have a wrestling community to talk about this because a death is a death, and it should be sad no matter what. So, and, and it's sad that it, some people are gonna be like, "Oh, another wrestler died," and move on. It's it's that's not what it's about. It was a human being who was a father, who was a husband, who had a great family, who had loved ones, has um. Uh, been positive to so many people. If you if you go on social media now, a lot of people rest. They, they die. All you get is R.I.P. Rest in peace. Oh, this is sad. He's getting like like what I did. Stories. Like he's touched many people. He's helped people in the business and out of the business. So, yeah, I don't know. 
I'm gonna pass it on to you guys. If and if, if we want, we could talk about whatever's going on, on TV right now. But um, it's up to you guys. I'll just I'll follow. Yeah, well, I'll just you know my favorite well, kind of do the favorite moment thing. I guess uh, my favorite moment is also when Undertaker kind of said those words to Bray Wyatt. I really love that. Um, and also, I think for me, it was just the development of Bray Wyatt. Like he went from Husky Harris, and when I saw him at FCW to uh, the self with the New Orleans uh, character of, of the Bray Wyatt yeah. and the Wyatt family, uh, and to see his development from that and everything he'd done uh, with that, and uh, like you said, other people grow in the business. That has always been a great and one of my favorite moments with Bray Wyatt. Um, favorite moment, man, it's been so many great favorite moments. I mean, God, you can go through them. I, I don't have, you know, one off the top of my head. There's been so many. I mean, one thing I can always talk about is if for those listening that got to see Bray perform live, it was always a treat because, I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to see every single character entrance from the fireflies to the fiend to his most recent character even during this last run it wasn't that much i mean i was fortunate enough to see his last televised match you know in person at the royal rumble i believe that was his last televised match i'm pretty confident it was yeah um i know he did some house show loops a little bit after with la night just the, as they were going through um the presence like the only other entrance that i ever felt you know, where you can kind of feel that bone chilling that it gets you right through the, the core of your body was the Undertaker's. You know, right anytime you came out, you put your phone out and you had the, your flashlight on or with the fiend and you're yelling herd and heal and you're just, everything's going nuts and the lights are going off. And like you have this, this larger than life character, somebody who you could connect with, and this is referring to his last character, Bray, you got to witness with his last character, Bray Wyatt, the human being. Like, I, he put, like they always say the best characters in pro wrestling are extensions of yourself. And Bray's character was literally himself opening up to the rest of the universe. And that's why... You know, the little bit of negative here was why so many were disappointed during this last run because we all saw the potential. We all knew what could happen with Bray and how creative he was and how amazing this this guy was. And, you know, because we expected so much when you're getting so much, and we, we were robbed of that thanks to what Sean Rossap reported that a post-COVID heart attack which is such a damn shame. He's leaving behind kids, a wife, kids from his previous marriage. You know, it's 36 years old and, and you're getting, having, dying from a heart attack. That is such a, such a damn shame. You know, a, a guy literally, you, you look in the, in the arenas and you see kids, adults, everyone in their fiend masks, and, you know, having the, the, the hats and those little lanterns and all this stuff, people dressed in Hawaiian shirts, you know, all this cool stuff that Bray made pro wrestling to some people cool again because it was a larger than life character. And my favorite, again, my favorite moment overall was his entrance. But if I had to pick one in particular, it was actually in the very beginning. Um, when him and Kane had the uh, their version of the Inferno oh, match, yeah, and you kind of wonder, like Mark, why are you choosing that? It's like not a lot of people remember that. That was SummerSlam, um, twenty fourteen, if I'm correct, and that put Bray on the map. And I remember saying to myself because he was in the ring. I remember him doing the pose. I actually have the signed photo, Bray signed from years ago, of him with his arms out on one knee surrounded by fire and it's one of my favorite autographs in my collection and i remember saying to myself man this guy is awesome <laughs> and from then i was hooked like there was no 
and this guy needs to sell it. No, I was hook, hook, line, and sinker in. You know, there's so many other great moments we can look on, you know, with the fiends. You know, the stuff with Alexa Bliss at times was really good. The stuff with Gordon was all over the place. Um, you know, obviously winning the title from Seth and, you know, he had other, you know, really good matches and whatnot. Um, but just overall, man, this is so hard to pick. But yeah, I mean, the Kane and Bray match to me is always going to be my favorite because that's what made me a fan, like a true fan that couldn't wait for more. Like I couldn't wait till next week. And that's with Bray, no matter what it was, I always cared what was going to happen. Actually, you know what? now I just thought about it. I thought of my other favorite moments since we're already talking about it. When him and Roman, the one time they worked together the against the League of Nations, and Bray put out yes. the, like the, the smoking gun signal, yes. and Roman put the spear. And I remember saying, man, I was hoping for a face turn at that point for Bray because that was going to be, but I was like, that was so awesome. Yes. Like that. That's one of my moments. You're like, damn. <laughs> I mean, damn. Yeah, I'm gonna other other you guys talk, but yeah, that that's my uh, those yeah. are my my favorite uh, Ray I, I, I can't remember who they were facing, but that was I was going to say that that's one of my favorite moments when it, I can't remember who's gonna break break the pin for, and he does the like you said a smoking gun symbol, symbol, and Roman just spears the crap out of them. Um, another moment was um when he was uh, always teamed up with um Randy Orton. I love that team. When he he would switch the sister Abigail to the RKO, um, his own storyline with John Cena, and he would have the the little kids singing. Um, he has the whole world in his in his hands, and his um return promo. If I'm sure I, you can watch it on YouTube, I have it running on right now in the background. But um, for me, that's one hundred percent the man, and it's not Bray Wyatt talking. It's the return of Bray Wyatt, but it is the man behind Bray Wyatt that's talking. That promo is him talking from the heart, and it it's a special promo. It should be always remembered. Watch it 100 times if you can. It is. Some people might not like the promo because it's him talking from the heart. He stops a lot of times because he's holding back tears. When you can put your all into something, it's always going to be great. Um. Yeah, I um, Raymond. I don't know. Um, I guess I mean Bray Wyatt is definitely gonna be a miss. I, I know that. Um, I don't want to dwell too much on the passing of Bray. I know that we could probably be all night talking about Bray, but I think maybe uh, outside I could tell that you two are definitely attached with uh, the Bray Wyatt, the person, the man, the myth. Uh, and then maybe I think maybe we could move to uh, what this week's shows are bringing us. That's to bring it to a, a happier note. That's a, that sounds good. I'm okay with that. But before we do that, I just all I think we should also spend just like a quick minute just for Terry Funk as well. I, I don't think to yes. be fair, oh, yes. yes, the jump that without recognizing Funk. Like I'll just go real quick. Um, Funk, you know, one of the greatest ever to do it. The guy wrestled for probably it felt like 200 years and terry funk what was that i was in chainsaw charlie yeah chainsaw charlie like the guy had like 377 <laughs> retirement matches and you know he you know i remember watching his match with bret hart like his probably like 900 retirement match or we lose count after a bit you know brett said that Funk was one of the greatest ever. You know, they knew each other when Brett was 14 and, you know, he, he helped get him in and all that stuff, all kinds of cool stuff. But Funk was one of the pioneers, not just for Texas wrestling and world championship wrestling and all these other ones, but for ECW. And Terry Funk was one of the names that helped ECW be that rebel promotion. I mean, we all seen him wrapped in barbed wire, set on fire, bleeding more than a human probably should be bleeding. And he did it because he bled professional wrestling. He loved sports entertainment. He loved pro wrestling. He loved the business. And he inspired so many guys like Mick Foley. You know, Mick looked up to him like a father figure. You know, Mick said it on numerous occasions, you know, about how, you know, type of thing. 
or the father figure or brother figure. It's, it's a family, like, you know, a family figure, a family member. Um, but Bung's impact on pro wrestling led to, you know, think about it, the hardcore title on WWF, WWE, whatever. You know, again, because of ECW, Funk was one of the guys helping guys like Tommy Dreamer, the Sandman, <laughs> Raven. Raven became an, a white hot heel because of Terry Funk. But Terry Funk wouldn't die, and Raven would do anything on God's green earth to do it. And when Funk won the title, and everybody's losing their minds, people throwing the steel chairs into the ring with Foley and Funk in the ring, and Funk going down in a heap, and we all just laugh because it's so funny because he just falls in a heap. Even though it really should have been funny because he could have easily been hurt, but it was just one of those things. Funk and then WCW in 2000 when he came in, you know, had that rivalry with Dustin Rhodes and had the stuff with Flair and stuff. He he found ways. And then WWF Chainsaw Charlie, you know, helped with Cactus Jack with some great stuff. And Funk when he came back again, like he did so many different great things for the industry, changed, revolutionized the industry. Um, you know, and. You know, he lived 78 or 79 years old. You know, such such a great guy. Met him once. It was really nice. You know, took always respected his fans and everything. And, you know, may he rest in peace. And, you know, thank you everything, Terry. Yeah. I, um, I saw you post a picture with him. I, that's another wrestler I've never got to meet. But he was a big part of um, wrestling, especially with me with the Attitude Era. I always remember his match with um, Stone Cold. On Shotgun Saturday Night at Webster Hall, uh, and there was a Texas one in Texas also that they did. Those matches always stood out. But um, yes, rest in so peace. Quick, had a question because I think didn't we meet him? I think it was at WrestleMania twenty nine. Um, did we? I think um, it was your mom. I remember there's a picture of your mom in a like she was on a wheelchair because she I think something was wrong with her that during that time frame. And I remember in that picture, because I have it somewhere, and I'm going to try to see if I can find it to send it to you. He, like, you know, put his arm around there, and he gave it a kiss on, like, on the forehead. You know what? That, that, that's coming back to me now. I, um, yeah. It, it sounds familiar now. There's a couple, there's a couple of us that, that were able to kiss my mom. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, yep. I, I believe so. But I yeah. think you did. Yeah. Yeah. I think we did meet him. Yeah. I think it was out of access. You know, yeah, it was some, at the um, sometimes sometimes those things are a little quick, so you you don't you know, the memory could slip away. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. All right. I think it's um. Let's, let's try to get into some lighter news. Um. One one thing that I I noticed when I was watching NXT, and now I heard someone else um bring it up. Um, that great match or whatever you want to call it that wasn't that great with um Gabriel Stevenson. And Baron Corbin, um, double count out. A week later, we don't hear nothing about it. Two weeks later, Baron Corbin comes out, cuts a promo, says he chased the Olympic guy out of the WWE. No one mentions that. No one talks about it or nothing. We haven't seen him on TV since that um, double count out. And now there's rumors going out. Around that, basically, Gable Stevenson is gone for the WWE. Um, so a little upsetting because I, I, I know Raymond never saw the the talent in him. I always thought he was going to be the next Kurt Angle, but um, part of me also didn't see that drive. He had like that Ronda attitude, like I'm a, I'm a gold medalist. I could do this with my eyes closed. I don't think he had that passion. That sadly, that Bad Bunny. Logan Paul has. So, um, the weird part is that when you do all this amateur wrestling, there's only one place to go. It's WWE, unless you're going to become a mixed martial artist and join UFC or something. So, wherever he's going to go from this, he's probably going to try the Olympics again. Maybe he'll come back to WWE. But, yeah. It's just weird that he's just gone, and that's it. Do you think it's... Because uh, I didn't hear the rumor. This is... For actually, the first time I'm hearing it. But you think it's just because um, he is going to do the Olympic Games, or you think it's just something with maybe injury or, or well, he, well, sickness, he, and he, maybe he'll come back in a few weeks? I, I, I truly believe it's not nothing to do with injury. And if it's if it's because he's doing the Olympic thing, then I if whoever's in charge of talent, if it's Triple H or whatever, I would have concerns because the reason he had that match with Corbin was because he was coming to WWE. If you change your mind again. 
then you're wasting our time. And like I said, the whole rinse, rinse thing, if, you, if you're going to go do something outside of WWE, you better win. So if you're going to try to do the Olympics and we, it's not guaranteed that you're going to win, then maybe you're better off to do it as yourself. And if you win it, great. Come back here and we'll probably give you more money because now you're a two-time gold medalist. But if you lose, then you're not worth nothing to us. Because all, all people, it's always, what have you done for me lately? The last Olympics, you lost it. Okay, so you're not a gold medalist anymore. You're, you're a past gold medalist. So his 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 time was now, and I just don't see that. Like, like while a lot of people that saw, he didn't have that drive. And I remember the, the, during the draft, he posted that he was watching a football game. I just, yeah. If, if, if I had that talent, if I was him, and if I could be in his shoes, I would have been. Just like you see everybody when they do the specials on on Peacock, they got a wrestling ring in their backyard. They're in that ring every day, like like Bad Bunny was and everything. And I'm learning everything. I'm picking everybody's brain so, so I can be the best because I'm a gold medalist. I'm not gonna look stupid in the ring. But yeah. so let me ask uh, Mark this because Mark has been a little quiet. In this case, if he is gone, good riddance. So do you think that uh, it's a shame? And that you can answer after. So we're, I just want to clarify, it's regarding if Gable Stevenson never comes back, right? Just to clarify. Yeah, like if, like if he's gone, good riddance. If he, <laughs> like, not uh, just or is it like, like gone, never coming back to the industry? That's yeah. what I want to make. Yeah. Um, you know, it's tough because a pro wrestler with an Olympic background is always going to have the current angle comparison. So you're automatically starting in a bad, in a bad, uh, spot. Um, you know, I wouldn't be like disappointed. That I have never saw him again, you know, but I think it'd be fair for to give him a shot. It's just, it's, again, it's unfair comparisons. Like before angle, the really, all you're really comparing people to was like Ken Patera and Ken Patera didn't exactly set the world on fire. Right. That's my, that's my thing. It's just, there's too many lofty expectations. He's already getting booed. Like the only way, I feel Gable Stevenson would work as as a heel, just like Angle. Like you guys remember when Kurt Angle debuted Survivor Series '99, you know he was booed, and he didn't understand afterwards like why he was getting booed by the fans as a good guy. I think they have to run the same kind of thing with Gable Stevenson and give it and give it a shot. Let him be a heel and see what happens. Yeah, that's he may what, not be cut for wrestling. That's what I was <laughs> expecting for him to come back as 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 a heel, basically like I'm gonna go medalist. You guys should be worshiping me, but. To so on Raymond's question, I say right now I say good riddance, because like I said, I I was I was buying stock, I was buying his stock and everything because I really thought it was <laughs> it was the next big thing. Like I'm like okay, I'm gonna buy all his rookie cards, <laughs> I'm gonna buy all of this, and and you know what? Just the guy couldn't throw a punch. He could do a suplex, wonderful, the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful suplexes I ever seen. He just didn't have that drive. Maybe in two years he has that drive and he comes back. Great, but as of right now, WWE is not missing anything. Mm. I think I agree with that, Simon. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, 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 are we all being sentimental now? We're just gonna agree. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, moving on. Next moving topic. on. Um, what, what do we have? Um, we had the first SmackDown without the Bloodline, which felt very weird, by the way. Well, yeah, it did. I'm, I'd like to see the ratings, how well it did, or yeah, we how should bad we, we should check that. But I mean, okay, I, I I'm one I'm one of the guys that I don't care about ratings. I I care about a good show. I thought it was a good show. I I, I guess they feel like with the LA Knight train and the Edge last match. Or whatever you want to call it, um, I think they feel like they didn't need the bloodline because they had those two big things carrying the show. Because that's some people say it, some people are scared to say it. Ellie Knight, when he comes out, that's like nineteen nineties attitude era pop. That was, I was watching TV and I was like, it's like the uh, not to say this name, but it's like The Rock or some somebody from the, the attitude era came out because that arena exploded and it was just little old LA night so and then in the ending the edge of Sheamus fight was was really good so I don't, I don't know how you guys felt about that but we do have Jimmy Uso um showing up this Friday tomorrow 
So I'm, I'm going to say we're probably at the top of the fourth. Jeez. <laughs> Freaking baseball analogies. Um, you know, the Ed Sheamus match was quite good. Yes. Um, I, I I would like to focus a little bit on the fact that is is this the last of Edge that we see? Period. Like I I, I feel like he. I'm not sure if you guys saw the uh, Twitter uh, post that he put up or X, whatever the fuck no. it's called now. No. I, um, he did like a video saying that this isn't a decision about going to, to an, like somewhere else or whatever because he has like a, a contract in his mailbox waiting for him to be signed from WWE. They, there was no special demands or anything. It's basically deciding if he's going to come back for another run or if he's only a quits for good. That's his decision right now because he said the first time it was out of his – like it was against his will to not be able to wrestle. Exactly. Again. Now he has a choice and trying to make that decision, which is very – because he doesn't know what to do. Um, so – You finished. I'm sorry? I'm sorry. You finished. I'm sorry. I was going to say, if Edge versus Sheamus was Edge's last match – would we have liked something a little better, maybe because it's you know it's Edge, but he got what he wanted in terms of being in front of in Toronto, winning that against Sheamus, one of his closest friends, the guy who really helped him realize that he's able to take a bump off a bike. Why can't he take a bump in a ring? It, right. it was very sentimental. So it's not about us, just like with Kurt Angle and Corbin. Remember Corbin retired Kurt Angle. It's not remember. It's not about what we want. It's about what they want. Yeah, and Edge wanted. That's what he wanted, and you know what? Whatever Edge decides, God bless him. Um, I don't think that's his last match. I think that's his last match in Canada. So I, th- I think that's what makes it important. I knew it was a special night, and it sounds silly because they posted a picture of the merchandise stand, and I've never seen this before. Everything was signed by Edge. They had jerseys. They had T-shirts. They had two different versions of mini posters. Everything signed by Edge. Um, the prices overpriced, of course, but um, <laughs> but but still, and it was sold out and everything. Yeah. But still, I've never seen that before, yeah. so I know it was it was going to be a special night before the, the match even happened. But um, yeah, it, it's it's his last match in Canada because he doesn't know if he stays with WWE. By the time they come back to Canada, he doesn't think he's going to be wrestling. And um, if he goes to another company, he doesn't know their schedule. So he truly believes this is his last match in Canada. The, is he still going to wrestle? I truly believe it. Is who? I don't know. If I was him, and I know it sounds silly because I'm always um, cheering for AEW, I would say AEW only because if you only have a certain uh, a limit of time to wrestle, because he's getting older, he still has that injury that's in the back of his head and everything, you want to spend the... Uh, let's, let's just say he, the, he has three months to wrestle, and then he has to retire... Just so he could be healthy with his, his family. Do you want to spend it in WWE wrestling people you wrestled a hundred times, or getting a storyline with Roman, or do you want to do something with your best friend and and your other close friends, your basically your neighbors in AEW and fight people you've never fought before, and 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 touch base over there. I mean, it's not like if he goes to AEW, he's not going to go to the Hall of Fame. He's already in the Hall of Fame. He's done everything in WWE that you could you could do. He's won the titles. He he's had crazy matches. He's had sex in the middle of the ring. I mean, there's there's there's, there's not there's nothing else for him to do in WWE. He basically had a retirement match. So for me, if if you, there's anything that you have to do or you want to do, it's in AEW. Why not make a little a couple of extra more? A million dollars and end it with your best friend and close friends and finish it off with stories with people you've never wrestled with. That's just what I, I'm thinking. Then just stay with WWE and lose to Roman again or whatever. Yeah, I I, I agree with Fetter on this one as well. I think that it's definitely not Holy his last shit. match. I know, we're batting on to today so far. But no, I don't think it's his last match. I'm pretty good with my gut. My gut usually is right. When right even like for example, Undertaker and the WrestleMania thirty six pre COVID, I was like, This is Undertaker's last match. Something's telling me that this is his last match. And then lo and behold, it actually was. I think Edge still has time. I think Edge is gonna take a timeout and he's gonna kinda um refocus his, him and his family 
and maybe spend some quality time there, which he obviously he's been doing a lot of. Yeah, his- and I think we will we will see him back. And I and again, I, this is a shocker. I, I do agree with AEW as much as I don't think I, I think he's like an Undertaker where he's loyal because right. this is where you provided me my opportunity. You gave me all this, so I'm not going to portray you by going to this other company. But I can see him doing that because I, I I like the idea of at least to promote like the way you're promoting it with. Do one last run with your friends. Yeah. Go out there, be FTR, which, which is also your friends. Yeah, get the tag titles and taking it over. Yeah. I, I agree with this. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah. and I, and I want to see him go there for like for new reasons, not to do a a TLC with the Hardy Boys. I want to see him do something with with, with oh, Christian. So, him and Christian as friends, or him and Christian as enemies, is always money. Will be good. Him him doing uh. I don't know, uh, a, a, a match against FTR or with FTR, great. Him a match with Punk, great. Him fighting new people, it's all it's all new, and I think it's 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 the best thing. He's still his contract is still valid, so it's not like he could just show up at um this weekend in All In. So he still has days left on his contract, so it's not officially dead. I just don't think we're gonna see him like Raymond said on TV anytime soon, anywhere, until he decides. Do you think? Yep. All out is a week later. Do you think <laughs> if? And it isn't. We'll probably get into this other stuff. But I'm going to, because I don't, I don't want to take you off really quick, but I may have to go off. So I want to kind of ask this question now. With the AEW All In, this does Sunday. this change the wrestling business? Because, like, for example, WrestleMania 36 uh, being two nights changed the business. WrestleMania going to the stadium for the first time change the business does this change the business and makes things different going forward after sunday um, um i'll answer that yeah please sorry um i don't necessarily think it changes the business per se but it proves that it's not just WWE that can sell out an arena like wembley now i think you know, again, overseas is different because they don't really get like American pro wrestling much over, especially once COVID hit and, and whatnot. It took a while to everybody start coming back for traveling. But I, I don't necessarily think it changes the game. I think what would really be the ultimate game changer and be like, oh shit, this is like, damn, AEW's here, is if they could sell out a hundred, you know, let's say 80,000 people here in the US. Because you know, whenever WWE decided to run WrestleMania in Wembley, like to, to outdo All In, they'll figure out how to way to cram 120,000 people or something like that, even if they're standing on their shoulders. They'll figure out a way just to break AEW's record, which is what I think WrestleMania 42 or 43 will end up being. Yeah. Because, you know, that's just how WWE is. They want to one up. That's just the way it is. If AEW can sell 80,000 tickets at freaking AT&T Stadium or. SoFi Stadium or something, then to me that would be the ultimate. That's an impact. Yeah, um, I like I said, I'm I'm looking forward for All In, and which is weird because then right next week there's a pay per view, All Out. Um, back to what you were saying, Raymond, about Edge and everything. I just I don't know exactly when his contract ends, so we never know when we're going to see him. I don't, I don't, I don't think no. Maybe a month or two, he'll take off and decide what he really wants to do. I don't think he's just going to jump at it, unless he thought about it a long time ago. Um, and business-wise, I think this is great for wrestling all around. Um, I hope just people understand that, that it's good for wrestling. I saw this column. Someone wrote it, and they took the time to write this really long column about how AEW is never going to be good. Because they were only allowed to sell 80-something thousand tickets while WWE sold 90,000. Like, why are we even comparing that? It's 80,000. It's, it's not chump change. No, people are just stupid. Let's yeah. also add that. When I, when I, I saw, when I saw this article, I was just like, oh, this is what we're doing? Oh, you you sold 87. We sold 90. They're better. Like, come on. It's Even if they sold 60,000, it, it's something big. This is a, a big moment in wrestling. It's going to be talked about. I'm hoping, and I, I truly believe the matches are going to be worth to watch. Um, 
Last episode, I said I wasn't too keen about the Jericho and Osprey match. Now I am because they cut a great promo um, yesterday. So I'm looking forward for that. The, the lineup is good. I've seen them have better lineups, but this lineup is good. Um, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to pay for it. So I'm looking forward for a great wrestling show. And I think it actually is going to, I think for me, it's going to be, uh, it is going to change the business a little bit. I think now um, the Brits and AEW kind of proved, like Mark said, hey, you can do WrestleMania here and hey, it will sell out. So definitely I can see WWE now eyeballing England for the WrestleMania. Uh, also, we're going to talk real back to about All In just because it's coming up real fast. Um, I think it's the first time ever. That the people, the characters, the opponents, whatever you want to say, that are in the main event, are opening up the show in their pre-show, which is kind of weird. I don't think it's ever happened. That would be what um, MJF and Adam Cole. They are at the pre-show fighting for the Ring of Honor tag team titles, and then they're going to close out the show to fight for the AEW World Championship. So that's a little unique all by itself. Um, you guys looking forward for any match or? I'm just looking forward to uh, honestly speaking, the whole show in general, not because of the matches. Just I want to, I'm really am curious and it's going to be the performance of all people in the show, the crowd reaction, are they excited that they're there? Because um, I was hearing something that there's people complaining about and that the car is not the best car. Yeah. But I'm like, you know what, when you're there, it's, you know, there's a lot of haters. Uh, so it makes sense, you know, I mean, so we'll see how this goes. Yeah, you're breaking up a little, but um, yeah, like I said, the, the I've seen way better lineups from AEW, but but looking at the matches, like I see a lot of them are going to stand out, like um, staying in Derby versus Swerve and Christian in a coffin match. You can take out the coffin. I think it's still going to be a, a good match. You Is Christian going to wear his dicky? I don't know what he's he's gonna wear, but and is he gonna make fun of uh, more people's dead fathers and Holy stuff? Holy like crap! Like <laughs> I, it's funny because I was watching it and I was like, "What an asshole!" And as soon as I said that, the whole arena started chanting "asshole." I mean, it's so good. I, again, I say this week after week, and I will keep saying the praises of Christian Cage, the best heel currently in pro wrestling and it's not even close uh, Roman Reigns would be a, a I guess a close second but Christian is the best heel oh no he, yeah he, and what, if that's the only way I actually feel if Edge is gonna go to AEW I, I don't wanna um ruin his line but what did he say he, he said you should stay away from all in so you don't have to see a, another loved one um have a casket closed on them I know yeah, um, I'm ruining that. Fr- I'm ruining his line. But when he said, I was like, wow, like, that's harsh. <laughs> what he does, man. Um, so we have that match. We have the stadium stampede, which is um, a whole bunch of people. It's um, That's going to look like it's going to be a, a pretty fun match. Yeah, yeah, that. Then you have um, House of Black versus that claim with the return of Badass because Daddy Ass no. is gone. Yes, I didn't watch Dynamite last night. That's why I haven't really chimed in. I didn't watch yet. I was going to wait until um, after we were done recording to watch. Okay, yeah. Um, so, I mean, real, real quick, without spoiling, um, Daddy Ass is not going to show up to All In, but Bad Ass is going to be at All In. Well, thank you for spoiling. I appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> no, but Thanks, um, definitely watch it and um, watch the Jericho promo. Okay. The, the contract signing. Like, yeah, I did watch it. It, 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 was, it was pretty good. I did like it. I'm, I like, I'm, ex- uh, I'm excited to. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch it. I, I know Fozzie's gonna perform. I want to see that. That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, so I want to see that, and I want to see. I want to see that match because <laughs> th- I, I like when people do a promo and you feel passion. And Osprey promo was definitely passion. So like, like he said, he basically said like, this match is gonna make me. So, like, anyway, watch it for yourself if you haven't seen it. It's great stuff. Um, we have Adam Cole versus um, MJF. Do they break their friendship, or does it carry on to the next pay-per-view, which is next week? Um, Punk versus Joe. I mean, I think that's going to be cool all by itself. 
just because they have a crazy storyline and it's mostly been at Ring of Honor, which you fight a couple of in front of a couple of maybe a, a thousand fans. Now they're gonna almost finish their story in front of eighty seven thousand people. That's big. To know that you've been wrestling all this time and you guys are still wrestling together and now you can do it in this crowd. Good stuff. Let me you. ask a question for you. I apologize. So, because we're kind of talking about the recap a little bit of that, right? with the statement of uh, MJF and maybe a few other people, this is the biggest wrestling show in history. Just because of numbers or people in attendance. Do you agree with that or do you uh, disagree with it, I guess? Just keeping it simple. Um, biggest? It's hard to say because it, it you don't see it that much as in the in the news, but then again you don't see WWE in the news like either like that. Besides whatever they promote themselves, I I, I know it's it's good for business. I just don't know if it's the biggest thing. But for for the same week for them to um do a show for eighty seven thousand and WWE could say that they sold ninety thousand tickets, and, and both companies are, are throwing that out there, that's good. Um, I guess we have to wait till the old results are in to see how big this show really was, the reviews and how good the matches were, and does it leave people talking? Because I know a lot of people like you, Raymond, and everybody who are not gun ho about AEW are going to watch the show, and 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 some are all for different reasons. Some is because oh I'm a CM Punk fan, or I'm a FTR fan, or I'm a Young Bucks fan, or I heard about this coming, I'm going to watch it. Or some people just want to see how it's going to look in London with 87,000 people. So everyone has That's it. Me, me. Yeah, and, and, you, and you're not the only one. I've heard a couple of people already say that. They just want to see that arena, how they're going to react and everything. Um, we all know how it is, like in the United Kingdom and everything, how um, alive those crowds are. Let's. Uh, it's interesting if they could keep that energy for an AEW show. And the only reason I say that is because we all know AEW shows can go really long. So no, the, the, the people in the UK, man, that they haven't had AEW there ever. They'll they'll figure out a way to. I hope so. Stay I, I hope so. They come up with with all the the cool catchphrases and sing a song for every wrestler that comes out. Let it, because it's gonna be a great night. Let I'll, let it let it break night. I don't got work the next day, so I'm good. <laughs> so um, what else we have before um? FTR versus the Young Bucks. Um, I like FTR always, especially they should be called the Guns now. But yeah, um, that's a whole different story. Um, I know I missed something from that from Orlin. The women's match. That's a four way, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think Soraya wins. By the way, who? I think Soraya wins. You think so? Yep. That'd be nice. It's in the UK, man. I, I think this is going to be her moment because Sheeta. It's funny, Sheeta being Tony Storm was a bit um, not expected, but I think they need to do that in order because obviously if Soraya won the title from Tony Storm while she was the champion, it'd be a little weird. At least now it's getting it off of Sheeta, so then Storm, there's no conflict between Storm and Soraya. So I think that's why I did that, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, besides that, um, we have SmackDown um, tomorrow night. Um, Jimmy Uso is going to be there. I'm not sure why Jimmy called Paul Heyman to let him know that he's going to be there. Who says it was Jimmy Uso that called him? Well, you don't actually know if it was Jimmy Uso. Could have been somebody else. It could have been, but that's what they made it They made it sound like. So, I don't know. He, should, know. he, he should just show up. It could have been me. I could have called him. <laughs> you, you, call, you called Uncle Heyman? I mean, listen, everybody thinks I'm Jewish anyway, so it could be my uncle or something, you know? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You're not Jewish? Oh, you jerk. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> not like, there's anything wrong with that. It's just I'm not. Uh, so, yeah. <clears throat> so we're going to leave it like that, and hopefully the next time we come, we have our next episode, we have some great news to talk about AEW and some other stuff without having any sad news. Yeah. But without uh, that... So, so any, in, in a kind of positive note, um, since since this um, what happened to Bray Wyatt and everything, it's all, you never know when something like that could happen. So I'm gonna leave it as a note as um, if you have a loved one, if you have anyone you care about, or you just never know what that person is going through, or if that person is sick or not, because 
There was a video of Bray Wyatt, I think maybe like a week ago, a month ago. He didn't look sick. So you never know what someone's going through. So if you, if you feel like telling that person you love them or a hug or something, hey, you might as well do it at that moment because you never know if you're going to get another chance to do it. So w without getting too much into that, just everyone um, have a safe weekend and night. Um, take care. See you guys around. Enjoy. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode since it was a little different. I will try to be back to our regular heel, heelish, happy selves um, in the next episode, I guess. Um, any quick shout-outs? Well, of course, I'll go with my uh, Give Kids the World. Uh, definitely check them out on the Facebook page. Uh, they do have a special event coming up uh, with uh, Hearts of Reality. Also check that out on Facebook. They have some uh, WWE, potentially maybe AEW stars coming in. Uh, and what I like about it is very intimate. It is not very crowded. It's not like it's typical WWE signing. So definitely give it a shot. Nice. Um, mine's not going to be a prototypical shout out. I'm just going to piggyback on what you said, actor. You know, in this world, our next breath is never guaranteed. Um, you never know when our, our time is going to be up on this planet. COVID has done a lot of bad things to some good people. You know, um, tell your loved ones you love them. Check on people, check up on people that you care about. If you got family members that, you know, you love, that you care about, or even if you're going through something, you're not talking. You know, Bray Wyatt reached a lot of us um, through his in-ring work, through his promos, just him the overall person, because a lot of us connect to it, especially when it comes to the anxiety and, you know, the nervousness and stuff like that. I connected in that way with him. Um, you know, if you're going through it with somebody, you know, life's too short. Make sure, make sure you tell. Even if you can, even if you're not getting along with, with someone you, you care about a lot, make the effort. Be the bigger person. Squash it and just tell them you love them. Because again, we don't know when our next breath is guaranteed. Awesome, great stuff there from Mark. Um, yeah. So when Mark saying that, uh, I'll say thank you guys for sharing this podcast with me because it's very weird if I'm just talking to myself. So I really enjoyed um, these episodes with you guys. Um, quick shout-outs. Let's give a shout-out to our favorite wrestling store, the Wrestling Universe. They got some big signings coming up. Um, Lucharitos, a great Mexican wrestling-themed restaurant in Long Island. I'll be there this Saturday. And um, the Mania Club. Besides that, um, everyone, take care. Have fun. See you next time.